Welcome to Healing Your Families. I'm Emmalou Penrod, and I am excited for our guest today. Are there those, those social situations you want to teach your children about, and you need to find a, a safe way to do it, a way that makes it fun rather than makes your child feel like you're nagging? Well, our guest today, Lois McGuire, is going to explain that. So welcome to our show. And Lois, welcome. And can you tell us how you came to write children's books? Well, first of all, thank you so much for inviting me. I'm delighted to be here. And I started my career as a fourth and fifth grade teacher. And I ultimately um, went to Rutgers University, earned a doctorate in educational leadership, and then went up through all the different um, types of positions in a public school and became a superintendent of schools of a K-12 school district. And I was in education for 36 years, a long time. And I'll tell you something, Throughout my career, I just always felt that we weren't spending enough time teaching core values. Obviously, educators are to teach academics. We're supposed to make sure that our students learn core skills so that they'll be successful adults. But I also believe that in order to be a successful adult, you have to have core values, honesty, respect, taking responsibility for your actions, being a good sport, cooperation, being kind, self-reflection. These are skills that we're just not born with. And we have to learn these skills originally from our parents, and then once we go to school, educators. And then let's not forget about our grandparents because they are huge influencers in our lives. How are we going to do it? It's not easy. So after I retired and I was in New Jersey as a superintendent of schools, moved to Florida, I started to say to myself, what can I do to help educators parents and grandparents teach core values in a fun, non-threatening way. And that's when I started to write my books. Now, the first book I wrote is Don't Be That Kid at School. Now, why did I make it Don't Be That Kid at School? Because my point of reference is school. And Don't Be That Kid, since it's about a kid, is about a goat. All my characters are goats. My books are for elementary age children from two to 11. So they're all preschool up to fifth grade. So in the book, our kid is a good kid, but he doesn't always behave. So a typical scene that I believe is one of the biggest issues we have in school today is exclusion. 
Children go into the cafeteria, they look around, they can't find a place to sit. And day after day, they eat alone. There's recess, they can't, they're shy, they can't find someone to, to, to play with. They stand alone. Now there are adults there who can help that situation. But we as parents, as grandparents, need to help our children understand, including others. This is a typical C in my Don't Be That Kid at School book. Let's talk about it. When you read this scene, there's a fun rhyme, but then you look at the illustration and our little goat is not letting another little goat play basketball. And the questions that you would ask your child are these. How does he feel not being included? But an important question is, what is the responsibility of the other children standing around waiting to play? More often than not, they'll just stand around. They don't want to get involved. But I believe we need to teach children that they have to get involved. And they have to ensure that no one is left out. They need to tell our kid to include this other child. And the third question is, why is he doing it? Why is he being mean? And how can we help him to learn how to include others? I have had parents tell me when they've read and shared this book with their children, that while reading that scene, they finally found out that their child wasn't participating and they had no idea. Because when kids come home and you say to them, how was your day? They're gonna say fine and walk away. It's important for us to engage them. Can you name one particular thing that happened today that made you feel good or that really worked for you? Can you name something that didn't work as well? Try and engage your children, not every day, because you're gonna drive them crazy, but often enough so that they know that they can trust you and they know that they can divulge information and that you're not gonna judge them. Why did you do that? Instead, you're going to listen. You're gonna to wanna to jump in and give a suggestion because we have all this experience and we wanna help our kids. But instead, listen. And then say to your child, instead of you giving the answer, how do you think you might have handled that differently? And then listen. It's hard, but it's important to do it. It absolutely is. I love the way you stress listen first. And I also love that format of using the book makes it safer to discuss you know, they, they, it may be too painful for them to admit that they felt like they were excluded. But here is an example. They can safely discuss that. They're going to tell you all about the goat and how the goat who's being excluded feels. And you'll get a hint to if that's ever happened to your child. Believe me, you will. Yeah. Or they've always stood around and didn't want to engage, and they didn't want to get involved. 
but it's important to learn that it's a great skill. You'll, you'll be able to work in groups so much better if you learn that skill, believe me, you will. And it's important to try to understand the kid who is not including someone and to try and reach that child. And we can even help children as young as four, five years old to learn that skill. You've seen it. I've practiced it with children that young and it can be done. You use the book to, to, to make that happen. While writing the book, I thought about educators and how they're always looking at ways to have a teaching moment. So I wrote a teacher's resource guide that goes with every scene of the book. There are 16 scenes in the Don't Be That Kid at School book. Each scene is a different value. So by reading these scenes, you can really get down to it. And you can read the book all at once, or you can decide as a family or as an educator that you're gonna choose one particular scene and do some activities about it. A perfect example, let's go back to including others. I have activities for that particular scene separated into grades kindergarten one, grades two, three, and grades four, five, so that you can have some fun with it. My resource guide begins with establishing expectations. I did that because all children really want is, what do you want from me? All we want as adults is, what do you want from me? How can I get that raise, get that promotion, keep that job? So I believe it's very, very important for parents to be very clear with children. Let me show you an, an example. After writing, don't be that kid at school, I wrote, don't be that kid at home. And I was in the supermarket one day and there was this adorable three-year-old who was taking products from the bottom shelf and destroying them, taking them, throwing them on the ground, breaking them, and mom was on her phone and not paying any attention. Ultimately, the manager, went over to the mom and asked to please control her daughter. And the mom, I don't know what the mom said, but the manager escorted them off out of the store. Can you imagine? Because this child was destructive. I went home and I changed a scene in the book as I was writing it. And I actually, from that experience, put this scene in the book. So what does this have to do with establishing expectations? Very simple. You have a young child. You don't have to do this so much with older children, but certainly with younger children. First of all, you tell your child where you're going and why. Johnny, we're going to the supermarket because mommy or daddy need to get supper for tonight. Once we get there, you're going to have a choice. You can either, if they're young enough, sit in the cart, or you can walk alongside of me. But if you walk alongside of me, you're going to have to keep your hands to yourself. You're not gonna be able to touch anything. 
I'm gonna let you pick out the cereal that you want and the cookies that we're going to buy today. And we get, when we get to that aisle, that's what we're going to do. And now you get in the car. And when you're in the car, you are talking about how happy you are that Johnny has joined you to go to the supermarket because he's going to be a great help. Now, if Johnny tends to be antsy, then you're going to put him in the cart and you're going to give him something to play with. I don't really care what you give him. Give him a toy truck, give him an iPad. I don't care because you've got to get through shopping. If you don't need to do that, and you can just talk to Johnny. And as you're putting things in the cart, you're going to talk about what you're buying. You're having a dialogue. It's so important for us to constantly talk to our children so they feel a part of the process. Now you get to the cereal aisle and you give him three choices. Here are three cereals. Which one do you want? You get to the cookies. Here are three. I mean, you know the joke. And now we're going to pay. And you can help me put things, get, hand me things from the cart but you don't want to hold up a line. So you let the kids give you a couple of things. Now you're back in the car. We're going to go You Expectations. We're going home. You're going to help me unpack. And then we're going to watch a video. We're going to watch a movie. We're going to play a game. We're going to the park. I have no idea. And it doesn't matter. Because you've taken your child from not knowing what is happening to very clearly understand where he's going, why he's going, how he's going to behave there, and then what's going to happen next. Kids feel secure when you do that. And these books help you do just that. I totally agree. Children need structure. You know, some parents are afraid of, of imposing anything on their children, but the absolute most dangerous environment for a child is one of chaos when they don't know what is expected of them or what will happen next. But I love the way you define and, and this is what we're doing. This is why this is what is expected. Now, I know as a parent, you're exhausted and you don't have a lot of time. And this takes a little time, but not really. It's it You have to go anyway. You're talking, you know, this is what we're going to. And maybe when you're in the card, oh, gee, you have two choices when we get home after we unpack the groceries. You want to do this. You want to do that. I mean, really. I, and you're getting your child to think. And yeah. your child says, gosh. I'm part of this program. I'm actually part of this family. I have well, a they'll, they'll buy into it. They will cooperate if they feel like they're having a choice. Yeah, definitely. No question about it. No question about it. That's why to get back to the, to the resource guide, I started with three days of activities for teachers to establish expectations in their classroom. Now, why is that so important? If you don't establish clear expectations, the first week of school, you're doomed. I hate to put it that drastic. Oh, yeah. I, I'm a retired teacher. I know. You know. You've got to be real clear. And my activities are really giving the class the opportunity to, to have uh, behaviors 
and consequences. You're, get, you're asking them to participate. And you can have little kindergartners and first graders participate. They are much sharper than you think and they can do it. They're not gonna be able to write. You'll have to do the writing, but they can do it. And then again, every scene in the book has activities. And then at the end, I have a kid to color because kids love to color. But then I have a pledge. And you can ask your child, school is starting. You can have your child fill out this pledge. This pledge is on my website. So if you go to don'tbethatkid.net and click pledge, you can download this pledge. Now, why is it a good tool? It's a good tool because school is starting and it's good to have your child start to focus. They've been playing around all summer. You might've been reading, you might not have been reading. That's your choice. I would have your child put down one academic goal and one personal goal. If your child is preschool, K-1, they tell you the goal, you write down the goal. After two months, you talk about the goal. Have you achieved it? Let's do two more. Let's do one more. How can I help you as a parent or a grandparent or a teacher achieve your goal? Can't be adrift on your own. Yeah, your child might say, I, I want to be the star basketball player in fifth grade. That's a very difficult goal. So in discussing, um, what will you have to do to achieve that? And then you start writing them down. And then you start to talk about basketball is a team sport. You can be of tremendous value as a team player and not be the star. It's great to be the star. I'm thrilled that you want to be the star player, but never forget that you are a part of a team and you work as a team to succeed. Simple way to have the conversation with your child. Very, very easy to do that. And then I have what I think is such a great tool. I have a family crest. I think it's such a great idea for families to do this crest around Thanksgiving. If you have family over around Thanksgiving, children learn from us. They model our behavior. So we have to be careful how we behave. We have to be careful how we speak because they're gonna speak like us. They're gonna behave like us. What are your family values? I want you to help your children learn core values. Like kindness, like having a positive work ethic, being loyal. But unless you as a family, as a mom, maybe you're a single parent, as a mom or a single dad, sit down and start to clarify your values. You'll be amazed how few people do that. 
hardly anybody does it. Yeah, you know, children learn from our example, but they need things explained. They need to know why you don't, you know, why you treat others with respect. Why that important? You don't steal. And well, as you read the scenes of my books, that's the conversation. Now, is that yes. family crest available just in the teacher's guide? Just in the teacher's guide. Okay, but is it also on your website? That is not on my website, but any viewers who want it, just contact me and I'll send okay. it to you. It'll be my pleasure. I recommend that activity for all families. That's something I encourage families to do is have that family crest. And then that becomes part of the child's belief system, part of their value system. And Absolutely. it's, you know, I'm, I'm a Penrod and Penrods are honest. Who so, are you? What, what do you believe in? You know, I work with um, homeless pregnant women. They're in a very difficult spot. Yes. And, um, I give them, I meet with them. We talk about values um, because they want to have um, a life for their ch child. Yeah. I have to tell you something. I always end my meeting with them talking about the crest. Mm -hmm. and I have them do the crest and then I come back in a week. And each participant completes the crest and talks about the crest. I'm amazed at how deep and how meaningful their crests are because they want a better life for their child. And they know that they may not have always taken the correct path for themselves. And that's why they're in the there. Yeah. So we, we talk about that. I know Trevor Singleton. Hi, Trevor. Um, he, he must have seen my share <laughs> that I gave. Uh, so these books are an opportunity, <laughs> he's doing this, are an opportunity for parents and grandparents to work with their children. Let me show you another great scene in the Don't Be That Kid. I, I showed this to you before we went on the air. This is about good sportsmanship. Our kid is not winning a game and he throws the board up in the air. I wanted you to think about how your child behaves when he or she is not winning a game. And some adults, you know, did they and get that from you? Where did they learn that from? If you want your child to be able to successfully participate in groups as adults and play sports as adults, they have to learn how to win and they have to learn how to lose. So when I read that saying to a child, I talk about, what do you say when you win a game to someone? What do you say when you don't win? Because even when you don't win, it doesn't mean you didn't have fun. It just meant that means that you didn't win. And we should give 100% to win. No question about it. We need to do it fairly and we need to give our all. But we're not always going to win. I have parents ask me, should I always let my child win? Especially when they're little, you know, three, four years old. I say, let your child win 
um, when they're that age more than lose for sure, because you want to build up confidence. But your child needs to lose and not all the time, but they need to understand. And when your child starts to cry or when your child starts to, to throw the board game up or do whatever your child's going to do, you know, every child's different. That's the time not to get angry, but you can say to your child, I want you to calm down. And then I want to talk about this with you. First, calm down because you're upset. And I understand that. Sometimes I get a little upset when I don't win. But let's talk about it. When no. children get old enough to play in team sports and you're not able to go to a game, I always say to parents, when your child comes home, don't ask, did you win? Instead ask, did you have fun? You're going to find out if your child won by the did you have fun answer. Because your child could say, I did have fun. I played great, but we didn't win. Okay. Or oh, I played the worst game I ever played in my life. It happens. We're not always going to win. When you go to a game, are you the parent who is screaming his or head, your head off at the umpire, at the coach? You have to control yourself. I can't tell you how many children have told me how embarrassed they are by their parents who don't know how to control themselves. They know. So in all of this, the parents need to be, of course, modeling that desired behavior. Now, I noticed in the books, there aren't that many words. It looks to me like this is a book that involves a lot of discussion more than just reading the words. Is that correct? Yes. Here's about sharing. Yeah. When having friends over, it's important to be kind. Don't be that kid. Every scene has don't be that kid. Don't be that kid who always shouts mom. Why is it important to learn how to share? It's important to learn how to share because when we become adults and we work for a corporation, we work with a company, we work with even a small business. If we don't learn to share as adults, it's very difficult for us to work as a productive team member. Sharing is about trust. Do you trust that person to give this thing, to tell that piece of information? Sharing isn't just about things. It's about information. It's about a hug, sharing a hug. I say to parents, if you want to start teaching your child about sharing, use the word. I'd love to share with you what happened today that was so much fun. I'd love to share this book with you. You're using it all the time. If you want your child to learn to share, and, and the person they're going to trust the most is always mom and dad, always. You say to your child, may I please play with your truck, your dog? Don't be upset if they're a little hesitant because it's tough. It's not easy. So you add, and I will give it back to you right before lunch or in 10 minutes if they're real little five minutes 
take it away, you play, you're wondering, am I ever going to get back? Am I going to, oh my God, they took my door. And then five minutes later, thank you for sharing your toy. Now, I'm, I'm seeing some commonalities in all of these ideas you've expressed. One is that there's a lot of communication going on between parent and child, not only the the role modeling, but the, the talking, the explaining, the giving them an opportunity. The second thing is I always, you know, as parents, we need to keep in mind our ultimate goal is to raise a responsible adult. Who yes, <laughs> and a happy one. And so, a happy, a happy one. one, yes. So, and, and you're, they're not always going to win in life. They no. are going to need to share as an adult. Yes. All of these are doing that. This is really a very effective way to prepare our children for adulthood. Yes. I and love it. You worked in the team and there's that one person on the team who doesn't share information. I yes. say to you, they never learned to share as a kid. I mean, they don't, they're so afraid that you're going to get credit for it. They're so worried that they're not going to be the superstar. Yeah. I mean, why do we play team sports? We play team sports so that we learn to share the responsibility of winning or losing. We lose as a team, we win as a team. Yeah, it's learning that teamwork. Now we just have a few minutes left before we stop the recording and begin our discussion with people who are here. But I want people to know where they can find you. I, I know you're on LinkedIn, tell us, Best way for people to contact you? Sure. If you go on LinkedIn, just write Lois McGuire, M-C-G-U-I-R-E, and you'll get to me. Uh, same thing on Facebook. Just write my name. Um, my website is www.dontbethatkid.net. No you apostrophe, to, right? No, no, no apostrophe and don't. Just okay. don't do it. If you want to contact me, on my website, there's a section contact, press it and you can email me. If you wanna email me though, it is Lois, L-O-I-S at don'tbethatkid.net, no apostrophe and don't. I will answer you. If you want a copy of the Family Crest, contact me, I'll send it to you. All right, it's wonderful. You know, I, I want, you know, you can get the pledge right on my website. So you don't need to contact me for that. You want a kid to color? Fine. Contact me. I'll send it to you. Very easy. Lois, thank you so much. This has been such valuable information for parents. I absolutely love this. Thank you. Oh, one last thing before I get off. If you go on my website and you click buy now, it'll take you to Amazon or barnesandnoble.com. If you want to sign copy, contact me and we'll talk about it. And I'll sign one to your child and mail it to you. So Amazon, Barnes and Noble, or me. Thank you. And for my viewers, join us again next week as we continue this series on education. Until then, love yourself, love your family. We're making the world a better place by strengthening families. This is Emma Lou Penrod at healingyourfamilies.com.